Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here as always with my host, Rick Grunewald. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. Can't complain. What about yourself? How are you doing? Uh, pretty well. Pretty well. Um, Good to hear. I had, Good to hear. I, had a, I had a blunder today, though. I was oh, going to talk to you about this. Um, I got caught in just the classic show up to the pool while there's a class going on. It's happened to me about a thousand times. And like, I oh, know no. there's a class. I know there's a class at six on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I just forget. I just forget. Like, I don't know how I forget so often, but I do. So, so um, what do you do for an alternative when there's I don't. no pool? Well, that's, that's another thing is I was approaching overtraining anyways. So instead of doing something else, I just decided not to do anything. I have a day off tomorrow. Um, Anna and I are doing a three-hour ride Saturday morning. Uh, I, got the, I got an hour 50 run to an hour swim on Sunday. So I just decided to take, today, take uh, the swim off today. I got a VO2 run in that went... All right, uh, I, I, can, I can tell I'm kind of teetering on that line of, and I wouldn't even say overtraining, but like at that point where you start to kind of feel your workouts deteriorate, deteriorating a little bit, you know what I mean? Like where your legs just always feel heavy and you're trying to get the performance and like you kind of feel like you're there, but your legs aren't responding. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, stale. You feel stale. That's a good um, way to put it. And I've been yeah, using. So yeah, I mean, well, I've been using Strava Elevate too, uh, just to track my fatigue and my form and stuff. Which it's been going great. But uh, just a couple, like a day or two ago, I kind of passed that line of overtraining. So I, you know, and I, I take that with a grain of salt. The Strava Elevate stuff. It, it works for those who don't know it works just like training peaks but it's free it connects with your strava uh you have to manually well kind of manually upload you have to go in and then sync your activities uh every every day but um it syncs with your strava so you just hit like one button and it'll automatically sync up uh it gives you the same same visual as trainer training peaks does the only issue is if you're doing triathlon where um swimming and running is based off running's based off effort like your own perceived effort or i'm sorry swimming's based off perceived effort uh running is based off heart rate uh biking's still based off power so it's pretty accurate but the other two are a little bit you know who knows but um guesses. E- even but even if it's wrong it's probably not far off so once it's hitting that overtraining area i'm still kind of taking it as like okay it's probably telling me to back off a bit so, so that's yeah. what i'm doing bc double a's by the way bc double a's i got five dollars at beat and save it's on sale we've moved on from beers to bc double a's i don't like this trend not one bit but when you're putting in big training weeks like yourself you know i i don't blame you uh what you said that you did like a 13 and a half hour week last week am i correct yeah. with that mm-hmm. are you gonna hit over th- are you gonna hit over 13 and a half hours this week progressive no. overload keep uh, no it'll be keep, it'll I be keep pushing up there ryan where's a 20 hour training week we talked about it's, this it's closer to probably 11 and a half or 12 hours this week um okay it's still more than i'm used to i mean the i was supposed to do an hour swim tonight so that's gonna take an hour out so it'll be probably closer to 11 and a half 12 
All right, all right. That's still pretty solid for for your train like a train like a what is it? Train like a wannabe pro. Mm-hmm. Train like you wanna be. Train like you wanna train be. Train like you wanna be. Uh, first I mean, video is out, by the way. Solid. First oh, yeah, video yeah, is yeah. out. Uh, I'm also posting the week- weekly Zwift race that I do. Uh, with I try to do commentary during. If uh, you want to come watch it too, I do it live on YouTube. Um, it's. I, don't know, I was going to join time. this week, but I I, w- I was going to join this week, but I forgot my power cord in the move. But unfortunately, I couldn't. But you did great, Ryan. Yeah, it went. It was tougher than usual. I didn't do great, but it really just goes to show. I had like three cheaters in my in my race today. Or in that, I'm telling in that you, race. I know. I know we've been beating this drum, but it's bad. Like I think it's gotten a lot worse actually. It's getting worse and. Zwift's not going to do anything about it anytime soon. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of just something you have to get used to. As, and I think, so the crit races, I don't think it really takes away too much. But those longer, like, road races, which I did, it was a 45-minute race, it's when you do, like, a climb, and it's really hard. Like, there was, like, one climb during it, and mm-hmm. it's it's, like, a five or 600-watt effort every single time. And when you get to the top, you're trying to just, you know, you're trying to just stay in the group, not get dropped until yeah. until it slows down a little bit to recover. It's it's over the top when those guys are still doing one guy was set at like five point five watts per kilogram. And so he would go up and then you just see him fly by, by the group at five okay. watts, you know, five point five watts per kilogram after the climb. And that's where it kind of takes away and it's like really hard. Yeah, and it's you know, uh, it's definitely the it's definitely the road races that you always see that because like you said in the crits, you know, a lot of the time it's double draft online, so you get stuck behind somebody and basically they're just pulling everybody along at five point five watts per kilogram. But yeah, when it comes to the longer road races, I've had the same experience. That's typically where you see all the cheaters. Mm-hmm. Makes it tough. It makes it tough. Uh even even so, you know, I was pretty tired too, because I did it after you know the four hour ride, then I did a hour forty run. No, never mind. I did an hour run, hour swim, and then the uh, crit race. So my legs were pretty fatigued already. So I did fine. I think I took seventh. Yeah. You know, out of seventy five yeah. people, yeah. it was a mass start event. Not bad. Uh, and there was one attack after. So the the. The guys who were like stuck at 5.5, uh, there was like two or three of them. They went off the front. Um, the, people were actually chatting in the group, like just let them go. Everybody else, like chill out for like a minute, and then we'll start racing yeah. again. Like I don't know how people type during the races. I, I it must be text to chat. It must be like uh, or that makes voice, sense. To, voice to text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, as a group, they collectively said let them go and then we'll start racing again uh there was still a, a couple guys that were super strong i think they did something like 4.6 4.7 watts per kilogram mm-hmm. for for the 45 minute race uh and i barely missed the move but it was like they did like six or seven hundred watts up up one of the climbs and i just couldn't hang yeah and Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Which was crazy because um, I was like watching myself do five. I was doing 500 watts. Uh, yeah. And I see these guys just go away from me. And I'm like, how am I getting dropped right now? 
but yeah i mean i mean some of the people especially i find that if you want to if you want to find the people that are really strong and doing a lot of like really high levels of races, it tends to be like longer road races. That's kind of like where there's more decisive climbs where people can like hit the base and just accelerate up. Otherwise, you know, I think I, I myself, and I think you too, for a little lot of trap of doing some shorter, flatter races, which are great. I mean, they're good training rides and stuff, but if you want to find like real hitters, I think a lot of those guys tend to do the, the road races where they can kind of get away and like, utilize all their fitness without somebody just like sitting in on them and drafting the entire time yeah yeah i mean for sure different ball game right a hundred percent a hundred percent uh uh speaking of uh people sitting in and riding together this is a horrible segue i did another group ride yesterday uh it's my i think you know this is the summer this is the summer of rick does group rides and what I mean by that is I'm just going to go to all the local group rides and sample them. I'm going to sample what Wisconsin has to offer with group rides uh, because I recently moved slightly outside of the Madison area toward Milwaukee. I'm not in Milwaukee, um, but I'm a little closer. So I went over and I actually tried out the uh, uh, the Velo City Thursday night showdown ride, uh, which is a ride that goes out of a bike shop. It's right in Pewaukee. And let me tell you, Based on what I was kind of uh, experiencing with some of the Madison group rides, whole other ball game. Excellent group ride. Would recommend. Much, much better. Yeah, I uh, I wish I could do that. I am about half an hour away from you now since you moved out. Uh, so yeah. it's it's not really doable for me. It's about an hour, maybe a little over an hour or something like are that. You gonna I think the, are you going to try the cap ride, though? The, the one in Madison? Probably not. Probably no, not. You no. gotta try it at once, so you can. You know, it's so you, you know the thing is, is like I'm good. I don't need to do. Why do I need to do group riding if I have Zwift? You know that like it's a. Uh, I I will say I was actually I was kind of wondering because I've just been doing Zwift, and I my legs were not used to just like riding in a group. It's such a weird, different feeling. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's different, and I mean I'm I'm not doing crit racing this year, so there's also that aspect of it where I don't need to do group rides. You know, but aren't you gonna do the state championship? You're gonna do the state championship, right? Uh, probably not. No. Oh man, so disappointing. And I mean, the the main reason is to also like I don't want to buy a USA cycling license. They're like a hundred dollars now to do one race. Yeah, you know? I'm not gonna I'm, pay a hundred fifty dollars for a single race. You know, uh, next. I mean, maybe next year, depending. You know, my what the Ironman's just, next what? year, so I might be doing I might be doing full try for a while. Which I'm okay with. I like doing if, triathlon. I like training for a triathlon. Like the what if we print off? What if we? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. You know, I, I've said it before. Like, I think I think the community is better than the cycling community. Like, I'll, I'll say it. You don't even engage in the triathlon community. I don't. What are you talking but, about? But you don't talk to anybody that does triathlons. I <laughs> we, don't. All your friends are bike racers. I I don't. But it's it's the the inclusivity, I guess, from the highest level. You know, um, I've said it before, every single professional triathlete has a YouTube channel and they're very open to like even on like Instagram and stuff. If you send them a message, like if you comment on their Instagram, they'll comment back at you or like they do like these um, like they all do like premieres for their YouTube videos because they work with uh, videographers 
and and then they at the premiere they'll sit in you can ask them questions about like their training and stuff and they reply to you and they're actually like grateful for people doing this stuff with them like have you I don't ever know. I, I think it's a great community a professional triathlete? what have you dm'd a professional triathlete before I haven't DM'd anyone. Uh, I've I've yeah, gone to like no. the premiere things on YouTube and like entered messages. Like a good example is uh, Sam Long. He's one of the top U.S. triathletes. Uh, he was doing one, and I had a question about like what kind of pacing does he do on his two or three hour runs. Uh, he doesn't keep pace, you know. He just strictly goes off heart rate. What if he just commented? What if he just commented back? I don't know, man. Faster than you. <laughs> um, that would actually. I actually, ju- I actually bought his shirt. It comes in on Saturday. You're all about the merch. I'm I like all about the YouTube merch, merch man. Supporting your athletes. Hey, I'm that's full a good, on you know, millennial. If if you have like a somebody like a a cyclist or a professional like athlete that you really like and they sell merch, honestly, that's like the best way you can probably support them is just supporting whatever ways they can make money um you know like especially for like endurance sports like nobody really makes that much money except for like yeah. the person that wins kona every year that's about it and that's a pretty short run um so yeah i don't know i i i'm fully behind buying the merch i was gonna say you know it'd be a fun game we uh take a week whoever can dm the most high profile cyclist or triathlete and get a response ends. like dm yeah, Instagram. What kind DM. of question? What kind of question would you DM them? Could be anything. You just gotta get a response. I could probably do that. We'll, we'll check in back. We'll check in in the next podcast and see who's who's uh, winning this competition. DM or like comment on a photo or something. Uh, okay. Any kind of response. Any kind of Any response. Kind of, uh, okay, that's pretty easy. Yeah. We'll determine the winner by I'll, whoever has uh, yeah. the biggest follower count. I think I think I could get the Kona champion to comment on one of my comments. Which which one? Jan Frodeno. Um. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of washed I up. I think now. he washed so, up, dude. He's, <laughs> he's the goat. The, the limited information I know about track. I will say I do I like I really like Geraint Thomas and uh, Luke Rose podcast. What, what about what about his win? At uh, the Dauphiné. Yeah, that's insane. We'll, we no, can talk about I know that. We don't really talk about. No, we don't really talk about European cycling very much or at all. But it was uh, it was actually pretty cool. It was the fifth stage of the Dauphiné today. So, uh, big spoilers if you've not seen it. Go check it out before you continue to listen to this podcast. But it was like within one kilometer, like with one kilometer to go. Um, there was a tight. It was a pan flat uh, sprint finish, and there was a tight kind of ninety degree hairpin. And Sky had a train, or sorry, Ineos had a train on the front. And coming around this hairpin, uh, Geraint Thomas was just at the front of this train. And they just kind of like let him go, let a gap open up. And crazy enough, he was able to kind of hold off all the sprinters and the leadout trains for the remaining half a kilometer. It was extremely impressive. It was awesome. So I don't know if you noticed, and I actually, he actually said uh, previously that this stage was super hilly at the end so he didn't think the sprint trains would be there at the end so if i don't know if you noticed but the only team to have more than like one person to like chase him was uh 
what was, was that Bahrain team? McLaren, Bahrain, wasn't it? Yeah, Bahrain yeah. McLaren yeah. was the only team to have someone to chase. So he used that like that super tight U-turn as like a springboard. And then the one guy who was leading out the other guy was the one who had to catch him. And he was he, like for like a, the full kilometer, he was just trying to chase him. And then with like 300 meters to go, I forget who his rider was, but he was in green. Uh, shot from behind him, tried to keep up, and within like 200 meters, like I swear he covered about 100 meters and lost by half a wheel. Drain yeah, Thomas won. Drain Thomas won by half a wheel. And Duran Thomas actually has a track racing background, so he kind of has that like that you know that kind of raw power. You know, it's, it's he's obviously lost a lot of weight, become a, a Grand Tour uh, rider. But he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of has that background. So it's not surprising that he can do that. Like, he, he's he been a, a good classics rider in the past as well. So, like, um, but it was cool to see. It was very unexpected. Uh, so, yeah, if you've not seen that yet, definitely worth uh, a watch. It's on YouTube. Look up the last kilometer of Stage 5 of the Dauphiné. So let's, let's uh, backpedal here. Let's talk about the group ride you went on. Oh, how that, yeah. How'd that one go? How was it compared to... Yeah. The, uh, so the, so the, the reason why I brought, I brought that up is because we had recently been talking about, you know, like, what are some good group rides? What are some bad group rides? I kind of shared my experience. I was like, okay, I, I went to a bad group ride and I was like, eh, you know, this is it definitely, and you can go back and listen to the episode that we talked about that. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to, maybe this is all in my head. Maybe I'm being just like, overly sensitive about like you know sketchy group rides i'm gonna go check out another group ride and since i live now closer to this group ride i could go do it on a weeknight and see what it's all about and right away there was people in the parking lot kind of laying out the general rules hey we stop at stop signs uh kind of laying out like what the goal of the ride is we're going to try to do a pace line it is a race type ride so people can kind of like get off the front if they want but this is generally like the outline of the ride and i was like okay what was what what did they say about that what did they say about that? Like, what? So it was a pace line. Was it? Was the intention like drop ride, or was it just it was like a drop ride? It was. Yeah, no, it was hard drop ride. Yeah, but it was like what a hard drop ride should be, which is going really hard on the front pace line, and then gaps open up because people are just going so hard and drilling it. Um, so it was a super hard ride. Honestly, this this route was much flatter than the ride in Madison, but I would say it was actually quite a bit harder because the pace was just so high and so constant that it just made for a really good ride. It felt really safe to all the stop signs were at least acknowledged where everybody would roll up, kind of check the brakes, at least look both ways. If there's a car coming, even like remotely close, the, the ride would check up and let the car go, regroup. Um, it's what a ride should have been. So it made me feel good about my, uh, my feelings about sketchy group rides. Sketchy group rides still exist. This was not a sketchy group ride. If you're in the Milwaukee area, would recommend going to this ride. It's the Showdown ride at, I believe, at least from the shops called Fellow City in Pewaukee. So, yeah, that's what a group ride should be. There's a triathlon that goes out from that shop. You got I, a did big, I did you it. Got it a like, following. Yeah, I did it that was like, way you, back you when I was before, doing triathlon. You did that before you even did bike races, right? That was like your first yeah. thing. Yeah, man. That's how I got into bike racing was triathlon. 
that's a weird thing for anybody that's like from Wisconsin uh, that kind of listens to this podcast. It's it's weird that like I feel like Milwaukee is such a like more tight knit cycling community. Like there's a lot more people that like go to group rides. There's more group rides. There's more like groups as opposed to Madison. I feel like Madison. There's still a lot of people that like ride bikes outside. But I feel like it's very like disjointed. There's just a lot of people on bikes. There's not as much of like a cycling community. That's kind of how do you I think felt. that is. I I don't know. I think it's part of it might be because there's just there's literally almost no bike racing in the Madison area. And you could say, well, there's cyclocross races, and there are a few, but even those, they're not directly in Madison. And I'd say the best or the most tight knit community in Madison is probably the cyclocross community. Um, but yeah, I don't really know why that is. Honestly, I think it's just kind of, it kind of just is what it is. People more so just like to ride in Madison. They don't like to do as many. I mean, I'm assuming they don't like to do as many group rides because there's only one in the entire city, and that's the capital city brew ride. Do you think mountain biking is more prominent in the Madison area? I'd, I'd say so. Probably. You've lived in both places too, and so that's yeah. why you you might have a little bit of insight. I think the mountain bike trails in the Madison area are better. Yeah, I would say there's more trails in the Madison area and there's more there's more mountain bikers, I'd say. Like Milwaukee definitely has a lot of mountain bikers and they do have their groups that do trail days and do like trail riding and you know work on the trails out there. But I'd say I'd say it's almost equal. Like mountain biking is like pretty big in both Madison probably has a slight advantage just because there's more trails, but a lot of mountain bikers still live in Milwaukee. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Ryan, we've had kind of like a year of not many, not many bike races going on. But I right now we're talking June third. Uh, there's going to be now like a pretty like big string of uh, high profile races in the U.S. This weekend we've got Unbound Gravel, formerly known as Dirty Kanza, uh, armed. The Armed Forces Cycling Classic, which is a criterium, I believe. Is that is that part of the USA Cycling Calendar? I believe it's part of the USA Cycling Calendar, but not the USA Crits Calendar. Oh, okay. And then next weekend, we got the first uh, USA Crits race, which is Tulsa Tough. We also have coming up uh, the national championship. Which yeah, I, I found out. I found out today. Yeah, I found out today that those of you who want to watch the national championship as well as the Tour de France, all of that is included in Flow Bikes. So I'm actually going to get Flow Bikes, and in one month you get the national championship, you get the Criterium de Dauphiné, uh, you get the uh, Tour de France, and Tour then also too, also for those triathletes out there, you get all the pro like Olympic triathlon, like the, there's a, uh, there's a, there's so many different like uh, triathlon organizations. Uh, one of the big ones is an Olympic distance where all the actual pros, like the legit pros race. Uh, those are all covered on flow bikes too. So June, June's packed, yeah. dude. June's packed full of racing. So let, let's start with the, the first one on the calendar, the Unbound Gravel, formerly known as Dirty Kanza, formerly known as DK, something do we like know, that. Do we know if any like EF Education guys are doing that? They usually bring um, a crew. Trek usually sends... Uh, I'm blanking on his name, 
but he they usually send one Stetna, American Pete guy. Stetna. Pete, Pete Stetna. I'm not even sure if he, he races for Trek anymore, but he used doesn't. to do, he do does, that he does every year. Something now. Okay. There's like a slew. There's like a slew of professional gravel influencers that are usually at the front of the field. Uh, but I was actually I saw this headline that Flow Bikes, Flow Sports, Flow Bikes, whatever Flow Sports. I don't know if they're the same thing. I think I they don't are. think they are. Uh, they're they're doing a live broadcast. Oh, they must of, be then. Uh, gravel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So my question is, in my, I'm thinking about this. First of all, first question is this even a good idea? Like, does it really need a live broadcast? Second question: How is this even going to be possible? Like, how are they going to do a live broadcast? I'm interested so to get your I, take on this. I I think they'll have like a dirt bike or something. Um, the only issue is motor vehicles on gravel races do not work. You can see it with like the Strada Bianchi race. The the guys at the very front, they're just eating dirt all day that's being spit up by the truck or the whatever is in front of them. And they, I mean, that's got to be terrible for like your lungs. Um, you get oh, yeah. covered in dirt, you know, it's definitely not good for your, your the gears and stuff. But that's what maybe, I was maybe, they, maybe they're using drones. I don't know. Yeah, same thing. The only way I can see this being possible is drones because they'd have to have like a truck just in front of the lead group the entire time and i feel like that would make for really bad television uh and i also feel like it would just be terrible for the riders like they because they'd have to be kind of close unless they just plan on setting up like kind of mobile like sh- like uh video stations along the way yeah. but i don't know you know sometimes when things start to get big especially in cycling there's just like r- this rush to broadcast them some events i just i don't know how you're gonna make it uh, this isn't a word broadcastable, you know, like unbound gravel. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe it's just a, it's kind of like one of those events that just doesn't uh, port over to television. You just, you can't do it. Well, Maybe they get a helicopter out there and more people watch that documentary than they watch. And one on a leading woman and that's it. Like they just follow the lead person for the entire eight hours. You don't know who's behind them. They don't really give updates of how far apart they are. Uh, they don't give like, you know, who's in first to tenth place. How, you know, they don't give anything. And it's just like this is. I'm just watching dude run at this point. You know. And I, I mean, mean, and versus you know the challenge series that does an excellent job of displaying all that information. You know, going back and forth between the racers, but. Iron Iron Man was just doesn't really do it right. Yeah, I, again, you, you know, ten hour events they just don't port over television that much. I I agree. Make a docu series, make a 
you know, like make a, a documentary, an hour long thing, two hour long thing. People will eat that stuff up. But yeah, the, the live broadcast, I just never understand. Yeah. I think a lot of it is this feeling to be like this need to be like legitimate. Something like uh, if it's not on television, if it's not broadcast, it's not legitimate. And I don't think that's true. You know, I just think it's kind of almost like a stigma. It's like, oh, you know, if it's a big event, people are, are going to want to see it. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But the people that are going to want to see it are there. They're going to watch. Um, I guarantee there's yeah. like 200 viewers. It's it's not going to get a ton of views. And if if it or, does or get like the views. Like the tour where people just put it on in the background. You know? Yeah. And even the tour, people don't tune in until the last 5K-ish, you know, last 50K maybe. Like, if if the tour just showed the last 50K, I, like, nobody would be that mad. Nobody watches the first four hours, you know? It's because it's boring. Nothing happens. Uh, yeah, I know. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So with Unbound Gravel, formerly known as Dirty Kanza, formerly known as DK, whatever, uh, who do you think is going to win, Ryan? Who's on your list? I know you've done extensive research. You've gathered the stats. You've looked at race results. Who is it going to be, dude? Who is going to get I'm gonna, the champion? I'm going to call the uh, the returning champion. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, what's his name? Um, I think I know who you're talking about. Red Red Hook champion. Uh, Colin, Colin, Colin Strickland. Strickland. Colin Strickland. I'm calling Colin Strickland. What about you? All right, that's a, that's a good choice. I am going to call uh, Lorenz Tendam, who Ooh. is a former World Tour cyclist, turned retired. I don't think uh, he'll win. Gra- turned nah, retired he gravel bro. He recently just got off of a big win at a different race, uh, some race in Texas, the Gravel the Gravel Locos, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, with take, a decisive take, victory you there. Have to, you have to think, though the competitiveness of that race uh vegan cyclist took like seventh at that race man he's fit he's got like he is fit no no no. don't get me wrong cyclist is very fit yeah ted king's not that race here's the thing about here's the thing here's the thing they are all retired they are still crazy good i guarantee they are five plus watts per kilogram but they there's an asterisk right next to their name that says i'm not a pro anymore you know they don't have the same discipline which it's it's like it's reasonable that once you're no longer being paid money to do one strict thing your discipline kind of starts to go your uh the the feeling of racing starts to go but which i i'm saying they're still amazing bike racers just not as good anymore where Colin Strickland is still a racer, you know? Those guys are hobby racers, I would almost say. They're, they're not, not I'm not going to say hobby racers. Not going to say hobby they're, racers. They're gravel influencers. Get it right. They're, that's a good way to put it, Rick. They are gravel influencers. So they're gravel still very fit, 5 plus watts per kilogram, but it's just not the same anymore. I don't think they'll win. They'll right. do top 10. They'll do top 10 and have a great time. What are the odds we get a new winner? A winner that's not, we're not, uh, not Ted King, not Colin Strickland. I guess those two have really been kind of the guys that have been dominating the race for the last couple of years. Any chance we get a new winner? Yeah, one of the, like a younger guy who. Is there a betting market for Unbound? No, probably not. 
I could see, I could see, you know, some guy who is just fi- trying to find some racing after COVID. You know, he was a top, you know, continental guy who's like, hey, Dirty Kanza, let's do it. You know, I could see him winning. Who, who's that? I don't know. But I, I, I guarantee you there's at least one or two of those guys. It might be somebody. Oh, of course, obviously. I just said it might be somebody. Yeah, it will be somebody. Um, and then on the on the women's side, uh, the last three years, the last couple of years, it's been, I believe the winners have been Amity Rockwell, Amanda Nauman, and Allison Tetrick, and Katie Keogh. Those have been the last four winners of the event. I believe three of those four are showing up for this year's event. But I'm going to say there's going to be a new winner. It's uh, Amity Rockwell was not projected to win last year. It kind of came out of nowhere. I think this race is just uh, it's uh, anybody's game. It's 10, uh, 10 plus hours long. A lot of stuff can go wrong. That's my that's my only take is that there's going to be a new women's winner this year. Fair. And, my take okay, is... So on, oh, go ahead. Oh, so my take is usually with uh, women racing... It's a little bit more predictable. I think at the top end, uh, the the gap is a little bit wider at the very top end. Usually there's one woman that sticks out among the rest, uh, less so than men. You know, there's usually a couple men who stick out, but it seems like with women racing, there's typically like one who sticks out. So I think I think it'll be a previous winner. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll just see. Uh, moving on from Unbound Gravel, the Armed Forces Cycling Classic. Uh, yeah, this is a staple on the USA crit racing calendar. Not USA crits, but on the domestic crit racing scene. I believe it is one of the only remaining 60K crits that's still on the calendar. And 60K or 100K? 100k, I believe, 60 miles. Yeah, that would make sense. One of the two. Um, it's long though; it's super long um, for a crit. But that's what crit racing used to be. It used to be uh, whatever, 100k, 60k. I believe 100k. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'll look this up really quick. This is really going to bother me if I don't do it. Um, Armed Forces Cycling Classic. All right, you know what? Can't find it, but it's long. Anyways, that's our uh, that's our analysis on this race. It's very long. Um, Which uh, actually, I'm just putting out because I just saw right before this podcast, Project Echelon just announced the team they're bringing. It was actually a pretty stacked team. Um. Let me bring it up quick. I put out on Twitter if anybody could find me a start list for Armed Forces Cycling for like the actual uh, who's showing up to this race. Did not get any responses, cannot find an actual start list. We know that the bigger teams, this is going to be kind of a little bit of a preseason opener to Tulsa Tough, being that Tulsa Tough is the following weekend. We see the Legion is going down there. A lot of the really big hitters are going to be at this race. Um, but, yeah, what do you got for us, Ryan? All right, start list uh, for this is Project Echelon. Uh, John yeah. Heinlein. 
Heinlein, Heinlein, uh, Kerry <laughs> Werner, Evan Hartig, Eric Hill, Brandon Fieri. I, I can never pronounce that. Fieri, something like that. And Steven Vogel. Uh, solid yeah. list. Uh, Brandon I mean, those Fieri. Are, those are some of the hitters on their team. Yeah, Brandon Fieri specifically. Uh, he, he won Intelligentsia la- the last time they had it. Did they have Intelligentsia last year? No. Yeah. Uh, no, he won the he, 20, 2019 edition, and then he's won it a couple times, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, previous Estellus rider uh, we had on uh, Steve, 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 right? Steve Fry? Andrew Frey. Andrew Frey. I don't know why I always think Steve. Uh, Andrew Frey. Uh, we just had Andrew Frey on, the manager of Estellus. I said Andrew Frey. <laughs> I keep saying Fry. It's the last name's Fry. It's Fry? That's oh. Fry. I can't do names, I man. Got that wrong. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so they've got they've got a solid team going to Armed uh, Armed Forces Cycling Classic. Uh, I know a lot of the USA Crits teams are going to have some really uh, strong riders there. Uh, Best Buddies Racing is going to be sending a, a squad. We're going to see. I just found um, out that uh, Butcher, Butcher Box Bros as Rider, well with a solid squad there. I just realized or found out like this week that Bros Ride Bikes is Vegan Cyclists team. I didn't know that. Just found out. You did not know that. No. Are they sending a team to the Armed Forces Cycling Classic? I would assume so. They're they're a uh, USA Crits team, so oh, big are enough they team. Really? Yeah, aren't they? I, I, I so. I'm pretty sure I remember them during when we did the you know the the preview show. Are you thinking of uh, what should we call it? Best Buddies, Best Buddies Racing. Maybe. I, I yeah, thought I that, that uh, Bros Ride Bikes was a team. I guess not. They have a good team. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but, alright, so obviously, like everything else, uh, USA Cycling or cycling in the US, there's no start list for this premier professional event unless you're scrolling around on various social medias. So it's pretty much impossible to give an actual is it not on USA up. Cycling? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, it might be. But I was going to ask Ryan. All right, so we gave some, some gravel racing predictions. Who's your prediction for the winner of uh, the Armed Forces Cycling Classic? You list the teams again? Talking individual riders, but oh. all the big teams. I, I know, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying which which teams He's are going to have riders there? Uh, Butcher Box is going to probably Legion? have riders there. Yeah. You said Legion. How do you beat Legion? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say Legion. Yeah, You're gonna say I Legion? actually, you know, now from that, I had that on the video the last from last weekend when we were just like at that stop sign, and Rick is like. You know, every single YouTube video has a how to beat Legion. Guess what? Just be faster. So I'm going to click <laughs> like every single video is going to end like that. How to be yeah. Legion. I don't know. Be faster. My, that's my favorite like YouTube series. It's uh, there's so many videos that are like, how to, how to beat Legion. And it's like, it always is like, you got to get in the lead out train and then you got to be this wheel and that wheel. And then you got to out sprint Justin Williams. And it's like, you could have just said, you got to be faster. Like I gotta think faster. that's faster. <laughs> just got to be faster. 
I don't think it's that complicated. I think they're trying to engineer ways that slow people can beat Legion. I think you have to be pretty fast to beat Legion. You can't be slow. Oh, that's yeah. The one, that's the one criteria. You know, the issue with trying to, you know, just jump into their train is that the train's going 40 miles per hour, you know? It's going it's, they're also not going to just let you in. Yeah, those guys are very physical. And they're also big dudes. Like, those guys are, like, you know, built. You know, so if you're a skinny dude trying to jump in their train, like, you're going to have a bad time. Good luck. Ryan, I found it. I found the start list. Nice job. For the Pro 1 uh, Armed Forces Cycling Classic. Let me tell you, a lot of riders on this list. There is 134 entries on this list. Yeah, a lot of the big hitters in the U.S. crit scene. I'm just scrolling through this. I'm seeing Thomas Gibbons, the 2019 USA Crits overall champion. I'm seeing quite a few riders coming from uh, Butcher Box, uh, Best Buddies Racing, uh, Evolo Pro Cycling, Gateway Devo. I mean, this is going to be, I think, uh, even though it's not on the USA Crits calendar, this is going to be one of the uh, more hyped or more attended races on of the season. We even got Cliff Bar showing up with both the Muller V kids, the Muller V twins. I guess they're not really kids. They're probably older than us. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a, a bold prediction. Hold on. I need to do a quick, a quick search to see if uh, this person is indeed coming. I think it'll be a good test, too. Like, Ken... How are the other big teams against Legion? You know, teams like Cliff Bar, you know, I could see Cliff Bar being able to, you know, f- fight it out with Legion in those last couple laps. You know, the, the Mulvery, Mulvery, what is it? Mulvery. Mulvery. The Mulvery <laughs> brothers. Is, am I saying that right? Yeah, it's close. Mulvery. Mulvery. The Mulvery brothers. Uh, you know, th- those guys are good. They're really fast. They've won USA crits before. You know, if anyone's going to bring it to Legion, Cliff Bar is going to be the Cliff Bar is going to bring it to them. And so I think it'll be a good little... it'll be a good test to see, you know, how does Legion actually stack up against the, the big teams? One thing that I'm a little bit concerned about for Cliff Bar is that Armed Force Cycling Classic tends to be a big sprint race. If I'm not mistaken, it's relatively flat pretty wide open, tends to be a very fast finish. And if I'm looking at the start list, I'm seeing Connor Mullerby, Kevin Mullerby, and J.D. Bergman as the three riders coming from Cliff Bar. And I'm, I'm going to say they're probably not going to be heavily contesting the sprint with that lineup. Who knows? I think J.D. Bergman might be the better sprinter of those three. So Connor and Kevin are probably going to be angling to get into some breakaways throughout the course of the race we'll have to see it, it i can't i'm not going to say it's not going to happen or it can't happen but i'm just going to say that clip bar is probably uh bringing a squad that's going to be hard pressed to find some magic with this type of course um but if i'm looking at you know just the, the depth of the field and who we've got in here i'm also seeing a lot of riders from butcher box and a lot of some of the better butcher or some of the top butcher box riders in here. Some of them are new to the team, but you know, riders like Spencer Movenzeta. I'm seeing Sam Rosenholtz, a really good sprinter. Connor Saley, one of their better sprinters as well. I think they've probably got the next 
most stacked team that could go up against Legion and could start contesting some of these sprints. I think it's going to really come down to how well they can organize and get their train going towards the end of the race, how well they played at the beginning of the race. But they also have some de- the, some decent racing in their legs, too. They did go down and do some racing in either Central America or South America earlier on in the season. So I'm thinking that if there's going to be two teams that go head-to-head, I think it's probably going to be ButcherBox and it's probably going to be Legion. And then if I had to pick a team that might get in there and surprise people, which I don't think is actually would be surprising, but I'm going to say Best Buddies Racing. It doesn't look like they're bringing their full team and they're leaving some of their better riders out of this one. I know Travis McCabe is going down to do Unbound Gravel, and I don't see Eric Marcotte on this list, a former road and crit national champion. It's an all-around really strong team. I think they could possibly upset some some things and, and cause a, a big surprise and be there in the sprint as well, too, with some of the riders that they're bringing along. So... And, you, you know, you, you've also got some riders in there like Brandon Fury on Project Echelon that is one of the better sprinters in the United States. So I think there's a lot of things that could happen and a lot of things that could go down with this race. And like you, like you just talked about, Ryan, you know, Project, Project Echelon is bringing a full squad to this race. So just having numbers in a, in a race like this is going to be extremely helpful. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm all in all excited for this. I didn't even give you my pick. I've just been rambling. Uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to go out and and pick kind of a, I'm not going to say they're a total wild card, but a little bit of a wild card. I think Sam Rosenholtz, this could be a race, a good race for him. What team does he race for? Butcher Box. Butcher Box? Butcher Box. I think Butcher Box will be up there. I bet they get a top five at least. I think they will have at least one rider in the top five. Yeah. 100%. Um, do you want to go to last thoughts then? Last thoughts. Let's do okay. It. Uh, so real quick. So I actually ordered the Laser Z1 arrow cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like 20 bucks. Um, supposedly, they are just about as arrow as the Laser Arrow Helmet. I forgot what it's called. But supposedly, throwing the, one of those on the Z1 makes it just about as arrow. So... That's what I'm going to be rocking at the triathlon. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's a $20 solution to having an aero helmet and a vented helmet. You yeah. can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's uh, actually the thing. It completely covers the vents, so there is not much airflow going through there. So that's the one downside, and I'm going to test it out this weekend with Anna. We're taking out our like full race setup, essentially, like tri-bike, you know, aero bottle, um try try suits you know just to get that feeling before our first races of like how does everything feel you know uh so and it's gonna be a good test because it's supposed to be hot on saturday so it'll it'll be a good test of like is there airflow probably not you know the the only the only airflow can be like at the you know where the helmet touches your skin there's like openings oh, in right. the back. Yeah, there's like openings in the back for air to go out, but there's nowhere for air to like go in. So I'm a little concerned about that, you know? So we'll see um, how it goes. You'll be totally, totally fine. You won't even think about it. You'll get what out about there you? And you'll... Last thoughts. Those, um, those Gucci water bottles you got? I, I'm a big, big fan of these water bottles. Easy to squeeze. They're great. 
Dude, I'm just super happy that it's finally summer. The riding's good. The group rides are happening, and racing is right around the corner. I'm really excited. Unfortunately, there's no broadcast for this crit race. I'd rather there be a broadcast at Arm Force Cycling than Unbound Gravel. There's a big miss, uh, big miss, mismatch there. But I'm just super happy that racing is happening. I can't wait to get the scoop on what goes on this weekend. And then Tulsa, I'm super excited to watch that race on USA Crits TV. So, yeah, dude, I'm just all in all good vibes. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, a lot of racing to come up. Uh, lots to talk about in June. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. So. 100%. Cool. Well, with that, I think we're ready to wrap up the podcast. Uh, if you want to find our most recent updates, you can follow us on all of your favorite social media channels at Bike Race Weekly. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those channels. Um, yeah, and then anything else before we wrap it up yeah uh make sure to check out the youtube channel um we have a couple videos going up every single week uh we have the zwift race videos where i do commentary while i race and stuff um those are live uh usually tuesdays or thursdays at about five o'clock five thirty um yeah go go check it out uh last week the video was more of like a montage type thing this week i'm trying to do more of like a vlog so yeah check that out i'm pretty excited about it nice all right cool yeah definitely check that out and thanks for listening till next time see you later